So very good morning to all of you at Grace Covenant. What an incredible privilege for Renel and myself to be um, with you this weekend. We've so been longing just to, to be with you. We've been catching up on the news uh, with Craig and Colette and praying much for you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm just so absolutely impressed with the way that Craig and Colette have led through this time, led the church through this time. And also last week, uh, what Craigie preached makes it so easy for us to come in this weekend and just share our hearts with you guys as he's prepared the church so well for our visit. We know this morning also is a big morning for you guys as you bring on um, another elder onto the team. And that's exciting to see just the progression of the church and what God is doing with you guys even during this season. We're so super excited for what God has uh, for you guys for the future. So this morning, the message I felt on my heart for you has kind of two parts to it. And uh, I'm going to look at some scripture in the book of Jeremiah and just talk a little bit about his heart, his ministry, his message during the time that God had called him to minister to God's people. One of the challenges I was chatting with Craig and Khaled last night and, and Ronell, and I was just saying what a challenge it's been to hear the voice of God during this time. Of course, we're living in a generation where most people are so infobese. You know, there's so much information just hitting us all the time from all angles. And with our ever-present helper, Google, there's not much that you can't get an answer for on the internet. But I suppose the one question that you can't Google is, what is God saying at this time? And it's because God designed it like that, that He wants us personally to connect with Him and to hear His voice. And I think for the Church of Jesus Christ during this season, for you personally, for me personally, it's just so crucial for us to hear what God is saying. And so He's constantly drawing us into relationship with Him, to listen to Him, to hear what He's saying. I've um, felt the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 4 being something that God has really been speaking to me about and to the church, and I feel it's also relevant to you. And even as we bring on another elder, um, these are not new things, but it really is a reminder for us to, to pay attention to what God is doing and give our attention to the things that He's doing. The title of the message this morning is just Choosing Your Battles, and I'd like us to maybe just go to Jeremiah chapter 4 and read from verse 3 to 4. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. And so we know God is speaking to His people. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. And there's an exclamation mark after that. Do not waste your good seed among the thorns. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and your power. Change your hearts before the Lord, or my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. What a phenomenal scripture, and I feel over this season God has really been challenging me. I don't know if you've ever taken your car to the garage or, or the repair guy for something that seems like a small little rattle or a small problem or an oil change, and as he opens up the vehicle and has a look at it, um, suddenly becomes aware of a problem underneath the hood that's far bigger, and that will have a far bigger consequence if you don't deal with it. Now, at this point in time, when God is sending Jeremiah and speaking through Jeremiah to his people, there seems to be um, some things that are happening below the surface. And the, the thing that God is saying to us here is that he wants to plow up the hard ground of our hearts. 
And often God will allow certain challenging situations to come our way. In this case, for the people of Israel, there was a dramatic change in the political landscape. God was bringing the Babylonians to the forefront of history. God was going to use what what happens through them to impact His people. But mostly God was trying to get to the hearts of His people. And... uh, If you want to know in my heart what's the hard part of my heart, it's where the big five lives. Um, And the the big five for me is pride, greed, lust, fear, and hatred. And those things, something happened when Adam sinned for us as a human race, when those five things became infused with our our own nature and became kind of the sinful nature. And it's, it's so important to ask God to help us in those areas that often have become hard parts of our hearts. Uh, I also think that where my heart is and the battles that I'm facing are connected, often it's God trying to deal with some things in my heart and bring them out. Um, I saw a TED talk in 20, from 2011 where uh, Billy Graham, apparently he was um, at university with Albert Einstein, And one of the times just after university, apparently he went across to Einstein and said, it's easier to denature plutonium than to denature the evil spirit of a man. So I want to say to you, during this difficult time, during this challenging time, it's important to hear God. But whenever God speaks, it's going to plow up the hard ground of my heart. The second thing that God says through Jeremiah here is, sow your seed in the right places. In other words, don't keep sowing your seed among the weeds or among the thorns, as it says here. I feel like whenever God speaks, um, there'll be a redirecting of my life. It's amazing how you can run hard in a certain path for a long period of time. And then, even if you put a lot of effort into it, suddenly realize that the things I'm keeping myself busy with don't have much eternal value. And I feel like God is saying to Israel at this point in time, even though they were still practicing religion, they were doing a whole lot of things that God wanted to plow their hearts. God wanted to redirect their lives to begin to focus their lives again on things that have eternal value to sow into those things. That's really going to matter in the long term. And then the third thing that God says to them here is surrender your pride and your power. What a thing. I think in this season, there are some things that God is wanting us to let go of. There are some things that God wants us to surrender. And one of the things I know is that God is never on the side of pride. Israel at this stage um, had enjoyed some of God's blessing, some of God's protection. But there's a little bit of just pride that had slipped into their hearts. If you look in chapter 4, Jeremiah verse 14, um, God says to them, How long will you harbor these evil thoughts? And pride is a strange thing. Because as soon as you protect it, as soon as there's a little harbor for it to come into and find a space, and we protect certain things like our reputation or our pride or how we look like or, and, and, and those kind of things, um, then it becomes a problem for the purposes and the plans of God for our future. So what happens in this particular case in Jeremiah, God speaks through um, him in chapter 6 verse 14 and says, um, that the religious people of the day were offering these quick fixes. You know, it says here they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Isn't that amazing? When someone is busy dying, 
if they have a disease or a sickness that is terminal, that is mortal, uh, it's no use for us to try and fix things superficially or, or offer a solution um, that is just on the surface. And so I really feel what God is saying to His church during this time is, listen carefully to what God is saying. And if you will hear what He's saying, there will always be a change in our hearts, deep in our hearts. There will always be a realigning of my life and spending it on things that are eternal. And there will always be a letting go of certain things, the right things that will trip us up in the future that God has for us. I believe it's this scripture in Jeremiah that we know so well where God says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And yet it's a time when God was changing the political landscape. The, the, the whole world at that time was going to be changed for the next 70 years. And God was saying, there's some things in my people that I'm wanting to work with. So I want to encourage you, even to the, the new eldership team for the next season, this is so important that we always ask God, what are you saying to us? And that we have a heart to say, Lord, I want to do exactly that which you, you're asking us to do. The second part of this message then for me is just to, to pick up where the battle is raging. And I know Francis Frangipane, you know, he speaks about those battlegrounds. Um, the first one is our, our own minds. And many of you will have known during this season the battles going on in your own mind. But there are also a bigger battlefield, and that's the church. God is using the church to bring His kingdom here in this world. And there's a battleground as the church moves forward. And then thirdly, there's this battleground of the heavenly realms. And it's so important for us to know where the battle is raging, to make sure we're choosing the right battles to fight during this season. Um, Martin Luther, there's a quote um, that Francis Schaeffer uses in one of his books, Martin Luther put it like this, If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God's word, except precisely that little point where the world and the devil at that moment is attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier will be proved. And to be steady on all the battlefield besides is merely flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. Isn't that amazing that no matter how well I've done in the past, it's super important at this time to know where the enemy is attacking and as a loyal soldier to go and take my stand exactly in that place and that point. I also want to say to all of you that are followers of Jesus that the world is looking at the church right now. To see how we are going to lead them out of this um, season that we find ourselves in. I've realized that even when there are lockdown restrictions in our country and most parts of the world, that the devil is not that bothered about interprovincial travel. He doesn't keep his social distance, and uh, well, I'm not sure if he wears a mask, but all I know is that it's super important for us and for the church during this season. Not only to hear from God, but to discern where the battle is raging and what are the things that we should be fighting for and what are the things that if we fight for them could really um, hinder the future God wants to take the church into. I don't believe um, that it's a time for us to be fighting for our own causes. I don't feel it's a time for us to fight even for the church or for our empire, for our reputation. 
This is a time for us to follow Jesus Christ into the battle. Just like with Jeremiah, God was busy doing something. He was dealing with His church. He was preparing her for the next season. And yes, He had spoken to her over a long period of time, but sometimes God has to plow up our hearts. Sometimes God has to change the direction of our lives. Sometimes God has to help us to surrender some of our own pride and some of our own things that we cling to. Um, And we have to follow Jesus into that battle. Do you know that... Um, in Jeremiah 21, and this is a profound scripture for me, God says, I will personally fight against the people of Jerusalem. That mighty fortress, the people who boast, no one can touch us here, no one can break in here. Isn't that amazing? God says, I will personally fight against the people of Jerusalem. Now, Remember that God had created this nation for for a very, very specific purpose. And that is to bring His kingdom. He took one man, Abraham, and He made this nation. And their purpose was to shine His glory. And at this point, they had kind of got a little bit stuck. They weren't looking underneath the surface. And they weren't realizing what was going on around them. And I find that when you get stuck for a long period of time, it's almost like you begin to move backwards a little bit. And you begin to allow certain things in your heart, in your life, to creep in. And so at this point, um, these the, the people of God were, were really proud. And they were saying, like, you know what, we have this stronghold. No one can get us here in Jerusalem. We have our religion. We have God with us. But what they failed to see is that it was God, not Jerusalem. It was not the city or the temple that was protecting them. It was God. And so... Um, Hopefully we can throw up this little map, but if you see what's happening at this point in time, there's these superpowers that, that are, are engaging each other in battle, and you have the Assyrians in the northern part um, who are declining in power. We have the Babylonians um, that God is actually really at this point in time bringing to the fore, uh, and God is going to use them, and He's going to change the landscape over the next 70 years. And then we have the Egyptians from the south, and Jerusalem is kind of in the middle of all these three big superpowers and they're all fighting for superiority and, and you know, they kind of find themselves in the middle of this battle that they didn't cause, or but God is dealing with them through it. And I, I think like it's a lot like the situation we find ourselves in today where we're forced into these difficult decisions that we don't ask for, but at the same time, God is busy working and it's super important to hear what God is saying So that we know where uh, the battle lies. So I'm going to pick two guys here that during this particular time um, that made decisions. One of them made a decision to engage in a battle that they were not supposed to. The other neglected to fight a battle that they should have fought. And both ended up in a little bit of a disaster. And you might have known uh, about this King Josiah, which was really one of the good kings during this time. And you can go read the scriptures in Chronicles and Kings. But I mean, this boy becomes king at the age of eight years. He does what is right in the eyes of the Lord. When he's 16 years old, he begins to seek God. This is Josiah. And remember, we are talking about choosing your battles today. And we're saying that our hearts and our battles are often connected. And we're saying often God will allow you know, these circumstances and force us into a place where we have to make difficult decisions because He's bringing 
things to the fore in our hearts because He knows what He wants to do with us into the future. He wants to realign our lives, that we're not spending our lives sowing our seed um, in, a, in a place where there's no eternal impact, no eternal reward. And also, He wants to, to show us what are the things that we need to surrender. And so, this is happening. This boy, Josiah, is growing up. He's a good king. 26 years old, he begins to repair the temple. Um, and then at the age of 26, he finds the law of the Lord. It's an amazing thing. He begins to inquire from God. He, he's had such a great start, this guy. Um, if you read 2 Kings 23 verse 1, it says, He summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, and along with the priests and the prophets. And so we know Jeremiah would have been among those. And all the people from the least to the greatest he called them together and the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. Isn't that amazing? There's this wonderful revival that starts and he celebrates Passover again. And the Bible tells us since the time it was instituted, no other king has brought this, this um, revival of this Passover feast like, like Josiah did. But the sad thing about Josiah is during this time... He, he unravels a little bit because in 2 Kings um, 23 verse 29, you see these kings are battling in Babylon. The king of Babylon is going to war against the king of Assyria and the king of Egypt is joining the Assyrian king. And, and we see here that Josiah gets himself involved in this battle. And verse 29 it says, While Josiah was king, Pharaoh king of Egypt, went to the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. And King Josiah and his army marched out to fight him. This is such a responsibility on the church right now, where we are calling people to do battle. These men marches, they march out with Josiah, but King Necho killed him when they met at Mikadu. And Josiah's officers took his body back in a chariot, and he died and he was buried. And it's an amazing thing how he got himself involved in this battle that he wasn't called to. So when we read in 2 Chronicles 35 verse 1, <clears throat> it tells us that King Necho sent messages to Josiah. Uh, and he said, What do you want with me, King of Judah? I have no quarrel with you today. I'm on my way to fight another nation as God has told me to hurry. And this is not something we might think um, is normal when we think about the nation of Egypt, but God is... Imminent. God is involved in the history of the nations. God is involved in His church and His people. And God uses all kinds of circumstances to, to bring out the good that He wants in His people. And so um, the king of, of Egypt says to Josiah, Do not interfere with God who is with me or He will destroy you. But Josiah refused to listen to Necho, to whom God had indeed spoken, and he would not turn back. Instead, he disguised himself and led his army into battle into the plain of Megiddo. But the enemy archers hit King Josiah with their arrows and wounded him. Wounded him, and, and so we see him dying. I think it would be the saddest thing for us to draw people into a battle that has nothing to do with um, eternity or nothing to do with the kingdom of God or not a battle that God is calling us to fight. And so... I want to encourage you, um, even Richard and Lindsay and, and this new eldership team, to make sure that we're not only constantly hearing God, 
but that we discern where the battle lies and that we make sure that we're not fighting for our own preferences at this time, fighting for our own um, you know, comforts or fighting for our own reputation or fighting just for things that have nothing to do with eternity. And worse than that, that we as the church of Jesus Christ at this season, at this time, would be an example to the world and lead them into a battle that actually would simply see the purposes of God cut short. And so that's really my encouragement to you here at Grace Covenant as well. I understand there are many, many battles raging right now, but for us as the people of God, we have to say, God, will you show us where is the battle raging and how do we get involved? So uh, one of the things I know is God is on the side of the humble. <clears throat> God is never on the side of the proud. And it's amazing here how probably Josiah just got a little bit comfortable with God, just didn't check his heart. He insisted on his preferences. He wanted this battle. He, I don't know if he was feeling a bit frustrated, but he got himself involved in a battle that actually, after starting so well, just cut, cut his whole um, life and journey short. The other guy I want to mention in closing is, so, I mean, if you read this, this story and you read Jeremiah and Chronicles and Kings and the history, you see that um, God brings these Babylonians to the fore. And it's amazing because we can't resist what God is doing. In fact, God says, if you will just <clears throat> accept what's happening, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, work with what I'm doing, I can still prosper you. Uh, we look at guys like Daniel who prosper in this season. We see the life of God, promotion, provision, all those things of God. But, you know, we've got to listen to what God is doing and we've got to understand what do we fight for and what don't we fight for. In fact, God through Jeremiah says to the people, if you will go along with this, if you will submit to the Babylonians, you'll have your life. And for 70 years, it's going to be like this. And then I'm going to bring you out. I can bless you during this time. And I'm also going to bring you out and restore you afterwards. But we've got to work with God. If we choose to fight for our own little reasons, we might end up fighting against God. And that's not a battle that you can win. What happens here, the, only, the, the other guy I want to mention is get a liar. And when all the kings fail, what you need to do is just get a liar. Um, but this guy is a guy that Nebuchadnezzar puts in charge. He's the last governor of Israel. And um, as Nebuchadnezzar becomes a world power at this time in Jerusalem, he appoints this guy, um, Gedaliah. And Jeremiah is there with them. And what happens to him is that in, in chapter 40 of Jeremiah, we see that um, Jonan, son of Korea, one of the military leaders, came to Gedaliah and he said to him, do you know that Baalis, the king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael um, to assassinate you? So there's this warning of one of the other guys, Ishmael, who, who is wanting to assassinate Gedaliah, who's been appointed by, by Nebuchadnezzar. And Gedaliah refuses to believe them. And later on in verse 15, Jonan um, had a private conference with Gedaliah and he volunteered to kill Ishmael secretly. And this is what he says. He says, why should we let him come and murder you? What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should we let the few of us who have still be left uh, be scattered and lost? 
And you can hear the heart of this guy. He's saying, this is a battle we can't afford not to fight because this battle concerns the people of God and the future God has for the people. And it's amazing here because Gedaliah forbids Jonah to go and murder this guy. And it's amazing during this time, just like there are battles we can involve ourselves in that can cut short the purposes of God, if they are not battles God calls us to, just in the same way there are battles right now, guys, that we have to make sure we fight for the sake of the future of God and His people and the church and the plan that He has for us. Of course, you know, the story also ends in a, a bit of a disaster because it's an example of Gedaliah not discerning um, that he needs to fight this battle. And, and in chapter 41 of Jeremiah, verse 1, on the seventh month, Ishmael, son of Netaniah, the son of uh, Elishama, who was of royal blood and had been one of the king's officers, came with ten men to Gedaliah. At Mizpah, and while they were eating together, Ishmael, son of Netaniah, and the ten men who were with him, got up and struck down Gedaliah. And they also killed all the soldiers that were with him from Babylonia. So now these guys have become a real enemy to the Babylonians, and they end up having to flee down to Egypt. Um, and that whole thing just goes south because Gedaliah refused to fight a battle that he was supposed to fight during this time for the sake of the people of God and for the sake of the future of that nation. And so I've mentioned this already to you. There are some things we have to let go. Let God plow your heart. Let go your pride. Don't fight for your own preferences, your own comforts, but fight for the kingdom. And then there are things that I feel like we really need to fight for right now. And I'm just going to mention them in closing. The first one is the very basics of our faith. Guys, we, we cannot afford, there's no quick fix for humanity. There's no superficial fix um, for sin. We have to go to God. We have to um, believe in Jesus. This is a dramatic, massive change. And those basics in our faith... We've got to right now do them so well. I'm amazed that a virus in the 21st century, that the best way to combat it is still the proven way of washing your hands, social distancing, wearing a mask, things that have been proven over a long period of time, so simple, so basic. But I want to say right now, fight for the basics of your faith. Do them well. Spend time with God. Uh, make sure you stay humble. And can I say, make sure you stay involved in what God is doing in the life of the church. This, this, is, this is a big fight right now. But I want to say, for the sake of our future, uh, we need to win that battle. The second thing is just your own personal spiritual discipline. Jeremiah says, if you've run with the, with the men on foot and they've worn you out, how are you going to compete with horses? I want to tell you that God is going to take His church into a season where we're not just going to survive, but we are going to run with horses. We're going to take ground and territory like never before. But that means that this season, right now, you and I have got to make sure our spiritual disciplines of prayer and the Word and fellowship and all those things, that we, are, we, we fight for them. The third thing I want to say we need to fight for is a kingdom focus. This is simple, but it's still so true. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you in Matthew 6 verse 33. That has not changed. The focus is, is not us. It's not the church. It's not the world. It's not the virus. It's the kingdom of God for the people of God. And friends, it's a battle we cannot afford 
to lose. Fight for the presence of God, I want to say. Man, you know the trouble David went through to get the presence of God into Jerusalem. You and I, we need to fight for the presence of God. It's, uh, I understand right now mentally and emotionally it's taxing and draining and we, we're faced with a whole lot of feelings and sometimes we don't feel like um, you know, we want to press into God. But can I encourage you at Grace Club, fight for the presence of God because it's going gonna, it's gonna to release the anointing that's going to break the yoke and cause people to break through. Fight for the weak. This is a biblical, print, uh, a biblical principle that we fight for the weak. We, we're not just fighting for ourselves right now, but we help those that are struggling at this time. And it's amazing. If you refresh others, God refreshes you. That's the principle in Proverbs. And the last thing I want to say is fight to stay in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. One of the things that God says to Jeremiah here is, I am the Lord, the God of all people of the world. Is there anything too hard for me? That's Jeremiah 32 verse 26. Is there anything too hard for me? So my encouragement and conclusion to you here at Grace Covenant is just make sure you hear God. Let Him ply your heart. Set the direction of your life on eternal things. There's some things, friends, we're going to have to let go. We're not going to go back to them too quickly. And then the second thing is just make sure that you don't get yourself involved in battles that are not about the kingdom of God. And make sure that the battles that really count, that you fight those hard and make sure you win them. I understand that there's a part of this battle that belongs to Jesus. The battle belongs to the Lord. I could not deal with my sin. He dealt with it. But there's a part of the battle that belongs to you and I. And in our generation at this point in time, it's absolutely crucial that we don't run away from the very point where the attack is being launched right now. And if we will do that, I want to say that God has an incredible future for you and Grace Covenant and for His church. We're going to run with horses. We're going to go places that we, we cannot imagine that we would be um, if we will just navigate ourselves uh, in this way through this season. So God bless you. Thank you for, for uh, listening. Thank you for allowing us the time to share. We love you guys. We're so grateful for what God is doing here with you and will continue to do um, through you in this season. Thank you.